0: Episode 293, Bonus Edition, Interview with Michelle Rui. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're gonna hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Welcome to the Always a Lesson Summer Interview Series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Hey, y'all excited to jump into another summer series with a friend of mine who is an amazing educator has so much to share. And I cannot wait for you to learn a little bit more about her. So I was asking her if she was interested in being on the podcast. And it didn't take her long to respond and tell me, you know what, your mission, which is to help teachers feel confident in their decisions and to constantly grow to be the best educator that they can be, that aligns exactly with my own beliefs. And she was telling me that her goal is to help educators cut through the noise and the clutter that's just so ubiquitous in our field, to just boil things down to what's most simple and effective, and so having that message shared on my podcast, she thinks would help to reach out to teachers and teacher leaders and administrators and be a message that they need to hear. Michelle helps teachers and school leaders implement best instructional practices in literacy, and she stays very current in the latest research findings. If you follow her on social media, you know that. She's in the classroom every day working alongside teachers, helping students grow. She keeps things simple, where impactful student learning, you know, not cutesy fluff is at the forefront. And so that is really the recipe that leads to maximum student success and reduced teacher overwhelm. I mean, are you not already in love with her? If you want to know about her 15 years of classroom experience, she taught kindergarten first, second, fourth. She was a lead teacher. She taught in four different states. She's opened two new buildings and she has looped with her class two times. She also served as a literacy interventionist, K-5, for five years and has now been a literacy coach for three years. She is part of the school's leadership team and she gets to partner with administration to plan and implement next steps forward. That way there's greater student achievement in literacy. So as you can tell, she knows her stuff and most importantly, she is the kindest Sweetest soul. And I, I got to finally meet her in person most recently at Coach Fest. So I cannot wait for you to now get to meet her and grow your PLN and add her to that. So let's just jump into the discussion. Hey, Michelle, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am super excited to be here.
1: I've been following you for a long time, so this is exciting.
0: It is exciting. And I was just saying when I was introducing you that we finally met in person, which was really cool, too.
1: It is cool. When you meet kind of online and then there you are, it's like surreal.
0: <laughs> it, is. it is. And I know you have so much to share. Um, I shared all the grade levels you taught, all the leadership roles you've had. So in a quick synopsis, will you just take us on this journey of why you fell in love with the classroom and then why you wanted to move into leadership?
1: So I didn't know I wanted anything to do with leadership. Uh, I thought I was going to be a kindergarten teacher forever. That's what I always wanted to be. I was the kid who lined up all the stuffed animals and chalkboard and all the things. So I always thought kindergarten is going to be it. With a tiny little blip, it worked out that way. I taught kindergarten for a super long time and my heart and soul was there. But then I got the opportunity to loop to first grade. And that was incredible. And I loved this trajectory that I went on because as a literacy at heart person, I really got to see how kids develop as readers and writers through the whole way. So then I did first grade. And then I, again, later looped to second grade. And then I took the leap. Uh, It was a huge leap of faith for me to turn, um, to go to fourth grade. That was a huge jump because I was primary at heart. And then I started noticing that I was really collaborating more and more and more with teachers and working together and teaching them and they were teaching me. And I just fell in love with it while I was still in the classroom. I started developing my own just organic PD. I had to get special permission from the principal to do it and all that um, <laughs> because it's a union, it was a union state. And I just loved that light in their eyes when they had the ahas, just like kids do. Yeah. So I got hungry for more of that. And then somehow just, you know, the grace of God, I guess, led me down this path. And here I am in my dream role as an instructional coach.
0: Yeah. Hey. And so as you've learned about leadership, is it similar to teaching? Is it different? Are you finding yourself utilizing the same skills? I would say that coaching
1: is in many ways similar to teaching, but leadership is is not necessarily. Um, I mean, there I guess there are overlaps, but you do have to have a vision. You do have to know how to stair-step your path to get to that vision, and just this, like in the classroom. You do need to know how to differentiate, but leadership is so much more emotion behind it. Everyone you work with from your administrators to your your own team, to your teachers, there's so much emotion there and adults are more, much more guarded, I would say, and nervous than children. Children are just, they're like, okay, let's do it. Let's go for it. They don't know, um, but adults are really nervous. So that sort of care that has to be taken, I would say is a lot greater than with kids
0: in the classroom. That is such a good perspective and something no one thinks about, right? As -hmm. you were developing your leadership skills, probably before you realized you were developing them. Mm -hmm. Is there something you notice like, okay, this is what's going to make me great, or this is what's going to make me ready, or this is what's going to be the most helpful.
1: This was, I would say this was like a really hard lesson for me. And it happened immediately, which I was glad about, but it was also hard. I thought into this role that I could really rely on my knowledge about literacy. Prior to this role, I was an interventionist. And so I was doing, uh, people were coming to me a lot for what do I do with this child? What do I do now? What do I do now? And I had all the answers always. And I've been for almost 30 years living and breathing all things literacy. So I thought I had a lot of knowledge. And I, I think I do, there's always room to grow, but I thought I could rest on that. And pretty quickly, I mean, in the first couple of months, I realized, oh, my knowledge doesn't really matter. It's not about the knowledge. It's about, it's about the people, Mm -hmm. but before it can be about the people, it's about your own self. And I had to learn how I come across and how I approach others. I had to learn my strengths and my weaknesses, especially. So it was like almost a self-discovery really. Wow. That grew me the most as a leader. I think.
0: I don't think I've heard that about really ensuring you're ready before you can pour into other people. Um, And that is a valid point. As I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, yeah, that was one of my issues I had, one of the obstacles I faced because I hadn't done the work on me. I just quickly jumped into trying to help them. I was not clear in who I was, how I wanted to help, what my strengths were. I was kind of like thrown into it and um, it would have helped had I taken the time to do that analysis and, and whatnot.
1: And I don't know why I didn't realize it right away or didn't know it before I went into it because with children, you approach all of them differently. You know, they all have their own little personalities and they need a different approach. But for adults, I guess you just, it's easy to fall into the trap of, well, they know what I know. We're all Mm -hmm. adults here. We all have the degree, but they're not, they're not all in the same place um, emotionally or skill-wise or philosophically. And all you have control over is your own self, right? So it's all about you and figuring out how you can approach everybody.
0: Well said, as you're working with so many different educators and you were mentioning their needs are different and you, you really have to understand what that looks like. Are you noticing common threads, characteristics that are making many of them great? And what would you say those are?
1: I think what I, what, what I just love about this profession, it, I mean, it's hard. Yes. But there are so many just like hardworking souls who just want truly the very best for kids. And really do work so uh, too hard <laughs> oftentimes, no matter what age they are. It doesn't matter if they're they're veteran teachers for 35 years. It doesn't matter if they're fresh out of college. They are just so hopeful that what they're doing in the classroom is really going to be the what, what those kids need. Um, so that's kind of that's just, I pinch myself all the time walking around my building, like I'm so. Amazing! I get to be around this kind of person all day long. Oh, wow. it's the whole building—it's amazing.
0: That's so cool that you recognize it now, rather than later looking back, and that way you really treasure it mm-hmm. and appreciate it for what it is. That, that's cool. Hey, y'all! Popping in here real quick to remind you—if you are loving the podcast. Hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. Well, as you know, this podcast reaches folks that are in all different journeys in education. Some are brand new, some are transitioning roles, some are very stressed out and like, is this for me? And then some are like you and I who are teacher leaders. So if you had to pick one group to speak to and give some advice to, who would you pick and what would you tell them?
1: Just because of the overwhelm that is so prevalent out there right now, I think I would speak to those people who... Have been in it maybe a little while and are starting to self-doubt and just feel like it's too much, it's all it's all too much for them to bear. Um, I would speak to them and I would say, the reason you're here right now, today, with in this situation, you're supposed to learn something and think about what that is. So even though it's stressful, there's a tremendous benefit to the lesson that you're going to learn from it once
0: you get through the hard part. Yes, it's always a lesson. There is a reason. If we take the time to digest that, we can then apply it to the next thing. So it doesn't keep reoccurring and -hmm. it makes you better. It's not a lesson because you have a deficit or you're not good enough. It's something that's making you think it's pushing against the way you're showing up and it's going to allow you to grow. And so don't run away from it and don't fear it. It happens to all of us, no matter how great we are. So uh, I appreciate you asking us to really dig in deep and think about you know, what do I need to do differently? How do I need to show up? What, what can I try next?
1: Yeah. There's some, I've never seen the movie, but apparently I think it's on Star Wars. There's some quote that says something about enter the cave that you fear the most or something like that. Ah. Like, I See, I've never seen the movie, so I can't really quote it well, but you know, it's true. Like you have this cave metaphorically that you're like afraid of and you don't want to deal with it and it's hard and it's scary, but that's the thing that you need the most yeah. to get through. And so those are the lessons that are most remembered.
0: And it allows you to truly become who you're meant to become. So many of us have these talents and gifts inside us. And if we're willing to take the risk, they start to grow and get better and we can utilize them. But if we are scared to try to teach a new grade level, to go to a different school, to learn under a different administrator, maybe leave education and come back, Whatever the risk is, if we're not willing to try it, you miss out on this thing that's just inside you ready to become greater that, that impacts everyone around you and, and is something that is meant to give back. And so I urge anyone listening, whatever your cave is, dip your toe in, take a big breath and run in, grab a friend and run in, you know, like you've got to just do the thing.
1: Yeah. That grab a friend part, you got to have a partner. you got to find your people. Um, they're, they're
0: out there. So no one's alone. Yeah. Speaking of your people, who are your people? Do you have a mentor? Do you have a group that you rely on? How do you continue to grow yourself?
1: So I've got different mentors for different purposes, right? So I've got mentors for becoming a better coach, mentors for becoming a better leader. But in terms of a better educator, I have to say it's always been professional book writers. It's those authors that are the true experts out there. They've always been my whole grounding of who I, who I am. And I I always build on my knowledge and synthesize it together with who else I'm reading. And that's how I've always remained super balanced in my literacy instruction. I've always pulled from both sides and stayed open-minded. So I would have to say my mentors, even though it's not a physical, you know, it is a physical person, but I've never met them. (laughs) Um, It's, it's authors, it's authors out there in the field who just have so much to say that I can
0: learn from. I love that. And as you're reading, are there other ways that you, especially literacy being one of your favorite things, like, and that's constantly changing. So how do you just ensure you're up to date? I know you love research. Where are you going to for that? How are you just keeping fed and, and on top of things?
1: So, um, so besides the, the reading, I do read a lot of, of the, those books. Um, honestly, Twitter is a great place. I I don't have much time for Twitter, but every morning when I sit down for breakfast, I'm on Twitter and I, in in two minutes, I'm I'm finding something amazing from some researcher or some interesting topic that I need to share. And so I, you know, download those articles all the time. I'm always reading them. I attend a lot of conferences, as many as I can possibly afford. Um, That that keeps me uh, really in the know. And podcasts. Podcasts have been, I'm a prolific podcast listener, but I'm very intentional about listening to all sides, especially in reading. Mm. I need to understand the whole thing because it's, otherwise it can, you can quickly become too opinionated and grounded in, you know, your old ways, but if you're going to grow and, and you've got to put your money where your mouth is and really make sure that you're taking in information from everybody. So I do that. I do, I have a long commute to work every day. So that is my podcast time. That's
0: all I listen to is podcasts. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love the idea about getting all sides because then in, in there, there's a negative truth and it allows you to form your own opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the audio thing because you can drive to work and listen. So you're learning on the go, which is always really good. Yeah. It's awesome. I can just imagine you having a book in your hand at all, like every moment.
1: I pretty much do. Yeah. I, I don't, if we were on camera, you'd see like the shelf behind <laughs> me and I've got one triple the size at work that I, you know, it's, it's, I think I just tell somebody it's really good that my husband and I have separate checking accounts. Cause if he had any, idea, <laughs> I would Both. not still be married to this day.
0: <laughs> I mean, speaking of reading and reading a lot, I get nervous when I see folks who consume, consume, and then you're still seeing this disconnect and, and the output or the execution. So as a coach, how are you helping educators be good readers but also make sure you're reflecting, you're implementing all the things so you're actually applying what you're learning.
1: I mean, that's all in with the job embedded idea of, of PD. Actually, PD is like a huge passion area of mine and personalizing it and making it uh, relevant. I always hated as a teacher sitting in, because I am so well-read, like I hated sitting in those PDs, you know, learning absolutely nothing. <laughs> so I try to number one, be super responsive to what they're asking for and what they're, what they need. I'm always listening for that. And then I try to give them bite-sized things because I know how we're well-made is too. And I, you need time to digest it. So I give them bite-sized things over time. And then I don't, I'm never like a one and done PD the person I always make sure that my same topics overarching topics carry through so we can dive much deeper into it otherwise what's the point and then you know coaching cycles like getting into classrooms I'm, I'm in classrooms every single day working beside teachers with kids and that right there is the best form of PD so and that's where always you know they ask me where where can I learn more or how would I how do I know this or I can say hey I I re- heard this podcast can I share it with you or you get it in that way um, but I don't ever want to like shove it on anybody because those are the things I'm interested in but you need what you're interested in so I kind of just bite sized chunks as as people are ready for it I think
0: Amen to that. So what would you say is a current project you're working on that's going to better the field of education? Oh, there's a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So one,
1: I guess I will talk about the the PD thing. At my own school, I'm really working hard to change our PD model. Right now, it's very, um, I don't know if strict is the word, but it's very narrow. And it really doesn't allow for a lot of teacher um, choice and autonomy there. So I'm really, I've been working hard in changing that, but also thinking about the trauma that so many of our kids have when they, and they come to school with, and my school in particular has a lot of that. And it's really hard, that even very, very challenging to work in schools like that. So I'm really trying to incorporate teachers SEL into our PD and just find, giving them ways to cope. Not me, I'm not the expert in that, but I'm finding the experts that are. So I'm trying to really personalize the PD for whatever is needed in my own building. As a coach, a just dis- like with the district that I work with, we're doing the same work together, and so we're we're trying to personalize PD there too, but on a district level. And then I have, um, you know, coach from the couch, the so where I want to reach more people and really personalize what they need, what are they looking for, what are they, what are they need in the moment, so that I can really personalize the learning for them and guide them down the path that they choose, not the one that's been handed to them. So I, I just think we need to give teachers back their autonomy and their their voice and their choice. I think that's been taken a lot in too many places and that's just wrong. So I'm trying to change that and, and give people that um, empowerment back into their laps. I feel like the
0: whole crowd is cheering right now. Like,
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it takes one to know one, right?
0: If I were to ask you what's next for you, would you say you want to consult? You want to help more schools? You want to help focus on better PD? I would love all of the above. Um, I would, I kind of just want to help
1: everybody. And I know I need to like find a path, but eventually my dream would be to work in schools and and help do what I did at my school and just Uh get a lay of the land figure out what's needed, make a path for next steps and help teachers take on the learning and really, you know, improve student outcomes. That's my whole entire goal, but also simplify things for teachers. I think teachers work way I see it every day. They work way too hard because they're so just eager to to do everything that they can. I think they overthink things a lot and so I want to also help come back to a place of simplicity. And just sound practices because there's so much noise out there and clutter. That's what I want. I just want, I want people to love it as much as I do.
0: And I think what you're great at is helping each individual person find their own way rather than, you know, everyone do it like this. This is what works. Like, let me come in and transform your whole school in 24 hours. You know, it's like, no, it's a journey. Like, let me sit there. Let me roll up the sleeves. Let me listen. Let me help you think, what does this look like for you? What does it sound like for you? And who doesn't want that? You know, that's like your personal coach who's going to really have your best interest at heart.
1: Yeah, it's like bringing the art of teaching back, right? Yeah, that sounds
0: like that could be a new song.
1: Yes. Yes, I'll have to find some people for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Justin Timberlake, I okay. think would be a good one. Perfect. There we go. I'll contact him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to be respectful of your time, but I do want to ask you just one more question, and that is, how do you reignite that passion and that potential that you have as an educator?
1: It's gonna sound so silly, but learn. I learn something, and just I, I'm always like, Lord, by how much more there is to learn, all the time because it just really gets me fired up for like, Oh, what if this, what if, what if, what if we tried this and what would the, the impact be for kids? If I'm never one of those like, well, but I've always done it this way. I'm comfortable this way. I love that idea. I'm working on something huge right now with that because of a professional book and I'm so on
0: fire about it. So Ooh, I can't wait learning. Uh, well, so you mentioned coach from the couch. So is that how we're going to find out what this little mystery is that you're working on? How can we keep up to date with you?
1: Um, yeah, I like that will roll out eventually. Um, absolutely. You can find me at the site um, coach from I have a Facebook um, group that I'd love to invite people into. Um, you can find that at literacy lessons for elementary teachers on Facebook um, right there. And so just the more people I can help and, you know, kind of wrap my, my arms around, just like my teachers at school, like that's what I'm here for. So I'm, I'm pretty easy to find.
0: You're just the sweetest soul. I'll put all the contact details in the show notes that way they can find you. I really hope they take you up on that because you are wanting to help. Like that's a genuine want and desire of yourself.
1: It is. Thank you.
0: Well, I want to say thank you for coming on, sharing your story, sharing your genius, your passion. I think a lot of folks are going to feel supported by you just by listening to your philosophy of how do we support the growth of teachers?
1: I hope so. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad we got to catch up again. All right. Everyone needs to tune in and make sure you connect with Michelle today. Michelle, thank you so much. And we'll chat later. Thanks, Gretchen. Well, I promised it would be a good one. It'd be an empowering one. It would be an interesting one. And Michelle did not disappoint. I hope you take her offer to reach out, ask questions, collaborate, partner together, all the things because she truly is a wealth of knowledge and she loves to help and she loves to learn and grow herself as well. So make sure you go to the show notes at alwayslisten.com, click on podcast, find this episode, and all of the information will be right there for you. Michelle, if you're listening, thank you so much for being a guest. I truly appreciate you as a colleague, uh, someone that I can talk ideas through. I love learning along with you at our recent conference. And now I can call you a friend. So I am super glad to share you now with the Empowering Educators podcast community. And I hope you continue to do the most wonderful things to give back to our profession. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Michelle Rui. Now go out and be great because you've just been... Empowered.